Hello and welcome to another Diminishing Returns. Uh, yet another really exciting week this week, I think. Uh, I've got into a really bad habit of sort of throwing all our previous guests under the bus and acting as if they're just absolute crap every time we get someone new on that I'm excited about. But I'm very excited about this week's guest. Uh, so I'm Sol. Joining me as always is Alan. And Hello. this week, to chat about uh, the very recent Wonder Woman 1984, we have Alana Johnston. Uh, hi guys, I am crap. I'll be the one to say it. Okay, no pressure. Um, I know who I am. I know what I am, and I'm not ashamed. And that's the bottom line. So yeah, pile of crap right here, ready to weigh in. <laughs> I, I I think you're probably my favorite guest we've had. I think I I don't Ooh. think I'm throwing anyone. Oh to my one god, side we haven't even that. we haven't even started. I didn't even reveal that I didn't watch the movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even told you, <laughs> and I'm already your best guest. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure a lot of our personal, you know, close friends we've had on are going to be very upset now as well. <laughs> oh my god! All I do on my podcast is trash all my friends nonstop, and they listen. Bless their little souls. I trash everybody nonstop. It's like when I'm not having it, I'm not having it, and get out of my way. And I feel the same about this podcast and your former guest. Get out of our way, guys. Elena yeah. Johnston's here now. You know what I mean? That's it. Calvin can do one. <laughs> right. Uh, so, Wonder Woman 1984. I don't know what to call this film, because when I watched it, I swear it only said WW84. No, no, it it did. That's that's how, and that was like the hashtag online and everything. So, I feel like it is WW84, which is like... I mean, that just adds to the mess. I mean, it's just well, wild. It takes longer to say that. That's more syllables than Wonder Woman 84, right? I think. But yeah. Whenever I see that, I think World War 84. <laughs> I was thinking WWE, like wrestling. I was oh, like, yeah. I guess. It's kind of the same. There's some parts to it. See, to me, it looks like an incomplete email address, web address. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the whole movie's just an email address. <laughs> That's the movie. But yeah, so I mean, there's this whole DC universe thing, which is itself a bit of a state at the minute. I don't think anyone really knows what's going on with it. But obviously Zack Snyder kicked off this universe with uh, Man of Steel way back when, that Superman film. And then they were in this awkward position of having to make Wonder Woman kind of half to his vision, but half to Patty Jenkins' vision, who obviously directed the film, but you know she wasn't in charge of things like casting Wonder Woman or uh, the initial costume because we obviously saw the character in Batman v Superman and that meant that we got this very kind of grim, murky aesthetic with this really kind of bright, colourful, optimistic kind of film and it was all a bit awkward. But I think Wonder Woman worked. We we covered it on this show years back and liked it, I think. Yeah, yeah I really liked Wonder Woman and just for your reference, Alana... I don't really like superhero films particularly. <laughs> um, oh my god, I suggested this film. <laughs> Sorry, I no love wonder, it. yeah, no wonder why I'm so crappy. No wonder why you hate me already. <laughs> uh, but but actually, I I did like Wonder Woman. It it seemed to find a right balance of a nice character study and all the action that you expect from that sort of thing. I think. Uh, it, it just it, it had a slightly different perspective and and it, it worked on some level. I actually rewatched it last night before I watched the sequel um, because I, I haven't seen it since it was at the cinema. I thought I'll go back to that. I did the it, same. It, it didn't quite didn't quite measure up to my memory of it, but you know it, all the things I went, wanted were still there. Now I've seen the sequel. I know that that was just a fluke. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Patty Jenkins obviously just. Got lucky oh. or something. So, <laughs> I mean, how how are you with movies, Alana? Like, are you a big movie goer? You... Big movie. Well, former movie goer, now movie <laughs> yeah. at homer. Yeah. Um, but I've seen almost all the superhero movies. I love them because my dream is to be the first one to die in a superhero movie. Like, you know, Jurassic Park, <laughs> the guy on the toilet, and he's like, no, 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 no. And then the dinosaur eats him. It's like, my dream is to die and be killed off immediately. Like, to the point where it's like, I tell everyone I'm in the movie, everyone's so excited, and I die in the first three minutes, and it's such a disappointment. <laughs> 
So because that's my dream, I love superhero movies. And I did the same thing as you, Alan. I rewatched. So I watched WW World War Three, whatever we want to call it. <laughs> I watched it on Christmas Day when it came out on HBO Max. So we, my husband and I watched the first one on uh, Christmas Eve day to like get ready and get excited. And, you know, I, I really, I liked it the first time I saw it. I liked it watching it again. I'm a pro strong female lead. The ending gets a little muddled, but I did like her bad attitude where she's like, no man can hold me. You know, she's being fun. She's being light while she's saving the world. You know how that goes. I will say I never saw Batman versus Superman because I think they should be friends. So I never saw that movie. I don't support it. (laughs) Whatever happens, I don't support it. So in the first one, I did have a hard time of like the timeline and where she fits in with the other heroes. Like I, when I watched the first one, I was like, okay, so does this person already exist? Because um, Bruce Wayne gives her the gift, right? And I was like, okay, well, what's their deal? Where are they in this? They don't really address that. So I thought watching the second one, the new one, I was like, oh, I'll get the information. And then I was just even more confused. I was like, <laughs> literally, you could put a, you could have put this movie in any year and they would have just put on parachute pants and had a great day. Like they, <laughs> it just, I, I couldn't, and I was born in 1984, so I thought maybe it's about me. I'm not mentioned in the movie. That was a disappointment. Um, but I agree. It's like watching the first one, again, it wasn't quite, as I remember it, because when you're in the theater seeing something, it's spectacular. It's, you know what I mean? It's fun. It's loud. It's everything. And then you rewatch it a few years later and you're like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot these like little hiccups. But man, I spent, because we have nothing going on and nothing to live for. And I spent like a month being like, I cannot wait for this movie, Christmas Day. And let me tell you guys, I've canceled Christmas. It's as simple as that. Uh, (laughs) That's how I feel about the movie. My review is done. Enjoy the rest of your podcast. (laughs) Well, see, I actually, we had a very brief window here in the UK between lockdowns where cinemas reopened and thought everything was going to be okay. So I was able to see this in the cinema as part of my kind of Christmas Oh my God, you were? Yeah. And oh wow! I mean, from the sounds of it, I'm going to be a lot more positive than both of you. I do wonder <laughs> if that <laughs> played into it a bit, but I I think it does. I'm a firm believer the theater is just so much more of a magical experience, especially because mm. if we haven't been in months, exactly, I can yeah. only like I. You saw how jealous I just got that I was like, <laughs> you saw it in theater, a movie I just said I hated, and I was like, you saw it, <laughs> like yeah, dude, I'm jealous of that. I mean, because I I think you know. The action in this film, I loved it. Like, the opening scene, it it kind of opens in this old Olympic Games kind of gladiator event. Um, I say gladiator like the old game show rather than actual. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not not the Russell Crowe movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I, I thought that sequence was incredible. I mean, it's a good solid 12 minutes just up front of action that kind of has nothing to do with the rest of the film, really. But... I was all in, and and so I I started off this film really enjoying it, like really positively. Does does this Diana girl not understand that she's special, like that there's something different about her? Because she seems to be under the impression that she's just one of the Amazons. Uh, the fact that she's six years old and can compete with adults is like that's she's, all right. She's the only kid though, so she hasn't mm. met other dud kids. It's like when you go to school, <laughs> you realize you're like these kids are trash. <laughs> I'm the queen, but when you're the only kid, you're like really gotta you know I'm run of the mill here. I'm shorter than everyone, you know stuff like that. But I agree. I love the opening sequence and I like to go into a movie completely blind. So I was like, oh my God, the Amazons are going to come to the real world and it's 1984 for some reason. This is going to be amazing. And then when that was it, I was like, excuse you. This was like, <laughs> the it's same with the last movie. I just want to watch the Amazons. I don't care about anybody else. I just want to watch them. I think they're so cool. I think they're a great role model for me. You know, I'm, and I don't know why. I don't fight anybody. I don't how, know. how often do you uh, sort of fall off a horse and shoot an arrow and then land on your feet? Hey, welcome to my morning. Why do you think I was running ten minutes late? <laughs> No, I've uh, obviously I've never been on a horse, too scared. But um, <laughs> you know, this movie maybe opens up those doors for me to be like, well, maybe I should get on a horse. I'm special. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> I've met other duds. <laughs> I don't know if you should take this film as a realistic role model, <laughs> more aspirational than anything. 
<laughs> if I get on that horse, Robin Wright's going to be by my side. And let me tell you, we are going to have a blast. <laughs> but yeah, if, can we? Can I talk about the timeline aspect of this? Because obviously <laughs> that first film, it's it, we come into the real world and all of a sudden it's 1918. And yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know that that's part of Wonder Woman's story. I didn't know that she doesn't age or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a nice surprise for me. But that's like, great. A superhero film set in the First World War. Brilliant. And then that also gives them a hundred years to play with that they can do anything they want and it doesn't really affect their whole DC Universe thing. But then instead they jump forward to 84. <laughs> like, why aren't we seeing the Second World War? Why aren't we seeing uh, other sort why, of Alan, major events in history? It seems as though, and I don't know if maybe this is to do with how Wonder Woman doesn't really age. Maybe she's just much slower to kind of grow and change as a person but like in justice league if you've um seen that either of you yeah you know, she, she's that. still pretty much the same going on about steve trevor and that's like 100 that's years it, later yeah. literally the first man she ever met she fell in love with him <laughs> and will not let I, it go this is set set aside 20 minutes for me to talk about this keep going but set, <laughs> set aside 20 minutes please so so from the look of things in this film you know she's still hung up on steve trevor 66 yeah. years later steve. And on one hand, I like it because I did get really into the romance and the emotional sacrifice she has to make in this film. But on the other hand, it's like, I mean, you know, I I had a really bad breakup from someone (laughs) I was with for five years. It took about five months. And, you know, that felt excessive for me to kind of move past it. I don't know. I think 66 years, no matter how into someone you are, you're, you're probably going to move on and start thinking about other things. And and so, I don't know, <laughs> I just get the impression that not a lot happened between 1918 and 1984 for Wonder Woman. This is kind of the first time. Although that's not true, because in the first 10 minutes of this film, she's foiling a, a heist in a, in a shopping mall and being mm. really cool. Yeah, okay. First of all, stop trying to make the movie about you. It's not your (laughs) storyline. This isn't about your five-year relationship, okay? And I'm not going to sit here and listen to you yammer on about this, okay? That's the the end of that. I'm shutting that down. Uh, I'm going to say this. One word to describe who I thought was one of the coolest superheroes I'd ever seen, this awesome woman, weak. And here's why. I am sorry. To the female listeners out there, no. Okay, do not let a man run your life and then into the external extended life that apparently you just live forever. And I'm like, you're telling me this woman's hung up on a man she met for absolutely five seconds. Maybe they had sex. Maybe they didn't. We didn't make a big enough deal about it. And I'm like, and then he dies. First of all, men die, everybody. And guess what? When somebody dies, technically they've broken up with you. So she needs to move on. She got dumped. She needs to move on. And like, I'm telling you, it's like, she, first of all, she's a total knockout. She acts like she's not. She acts like, like again, this whole thing, Alan, like you were saying of like, not knowing she's special. It's like, <laughs> dude, you could have anyone, but she's like, no one will ever be good as a guy with a leather jacket and a fur collar. I'm like, I get, I get that it's Chris Pine, but it's like, lady, what are you going to marry your high school sweetheart? And if anybody out there has done it, sorry, you missed out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll say it. There's a scene right there at the start where she's having dinner on her own, but you, you get the sense yes. that it's this kind of, you know, she's really sad and, and lonely, but then it's like, well... Yeah, she hasn't even made friends in the last 65 years. That's my... No friends either. That was another problem. Like, if you're hung up on this man, fine. But I'm like, you can't have a gal pal? Really? Kristen Wiig was the best you could do? It's like, you you know what I mean? I'm like, and I get she probably has to move from place to place like vampires do so that people aren't like, why don't you ever age? So I understand that. But it's like, clearly she's very smart. She's very attractive. The people at work really respect her. And I'm like, you can't grab dinner with somebody like you spend every day alone i i would have said peace and grease to the earth by then you know what i mean it's like that's a bummer that's a Plus huge I, bummer I, I know i remember Saul, when you were getting over that relationship you talked about you primarily did that by sleeping with random strangers <laughs> here we go I mean, what i'm talking about alan she could at least be doing that i mean she could she's definitely she, she might have been doing that for decades for all we know absolutely not <laughs> it does seem like she's shutting any attention down though. I think there is a there is a bit in the film where a guy hits on her, isn't there? And then she kind of 
There's Shows loads no of bits, interest. yeah, and she's just like, whatever, shut up. And then he, and then there's one that goes, I'm, I'm Steve, I'm, I'm Steve. I just don't look like him. And she's like, what? What the hell? Yeah, it, yeah. it, it was, it was just, it really bothered me because I was like, you're the strongest woman in the world. You can save the world, like just for fun. And a man is what makes you weak, and a man causes you to lose your power. Like I was just not having it i was i was in an uproar about it and a real upset because because what a bad name to give us can't one woman just get it together like why aren't i a superhero men are disposable to me and i'd be like this is how you get it done you want to get laid go get laid you want to save the earth go save the earth guess what you can do a two in one you know what i mean i'm just <laughs> ugh. and she literally lost her powers oh god i couldn't handle this is why i chose the movie because i've been dying to talk about this with somebody dying to talk about it but i need a man's perspective did you did this affect you guys this much as it did or is it because i'm a woman i'm more frustrated about it and i'm not going to call you sexist or anything you can honestly answer i i got really annoyed with it in justice league and i think because i'd kind of dealt with how annoying i found it that she was still bringing this guy up that she met a hundred years ago to try and relate it to whatever Batman was dealing with in that film, I can't even remember. I remember it really annoying me then, and I just kind of went with it here. It was like, okay, that's a character now that's been established that she's just obsessed with this guy. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, uh, yeah, it annoyed me, but it annoyed me on a kind of character level that this is just yeah. a let down. Not really very... It's not. It didn't hit me personally, I suppose. Mm. Um, but it's something you do see in films all the time. Like people like hung up on love way more than anyone does in real life, and so it's. I kind of take it as it comes, but eight. 65 years is a bit much. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know, man. Soul's really dragging out this breakup of his, so who knows? <laughs> maybe we got 60 yeah, maybe we got 65 years in the works here. I don't know. Yeah. And then then she's just going to turn up possessing some random stranger's <laughs> body one day. And... Um I think I yes, I, I, on a character level, it's annoying because it's also annoying when somebody talks about something that isn't there and isn't mm. on screen. It's like the number one thing you learn in improv. It's like, do what's here in this moment and in front of us, as opposed to being like waiting for Godot uh, situation. <laughs> Gal Godot. Oh my God. I'm a genius. I'm sorry. Did we all just see that come together. Guys, this happened in the moment. I did not plan this. I have no notes in front of me. Wow. Wild. Um, but m maybe it bothered me more as a woman because I just, I, I was looking to her to be my hero and, um, yeah. yeah, I won't harp on it anymore, but, um, it just bummed me out. It, it really, and I get it. It's Chris Pine. I want, we all want Chris Pine naturally, but girl, he's dead. Like that's not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. So yeah, then Kristen Wiig turns up playing a, a kind of dorky character called Barbara. She's very, like, unfashionable in a 1980s way that I imagine was probably mm. quite cool back in 1984 and just what people look like. You know, I, I watched uh, Working Girl, is it called, recently, and the haircuts oh, were yeah. like that. You know, that's that's what people look yeah. like. I found I found myself rooting for her for mo most of the start of the film because, you know, she, she makes this wish and it comes true to be just, like, this cool super powerful person that she's met and she aspires to... Yeah, that's it, right? Okay, so I went into this film not knowing anything about it either, other than it. some of it must be set in 1984. And then, yeah, <laughs> the last thing I was expecting was wacky 80s Twilight Zone monkey paw episode. <laughs> it's just weird. But... Like, the tone of it, that, that shopping mall bit at the beginning where mm. we're establishing the 80s, it's like, is this... This is definitely a comedy, right? Well, I, I get that, because that's presumably... I don't know, there was a Wonder Woman show in the 70s, I think, rather than the 80s, but yeah. it was a big deal, and so I kind of well, thought, was, oh, they're doing was, a throwback. Is this referencing that yeah. somehow? I, I, but I then why not do it in the 70s? Like, if yeah. that, why not go back to when the show was? <laughs> I, I didn't even know about that. Okay, that's interesting. Because I didn't know that show was in the 70s. I, I think it I started. Knew there was a show. I, just, I don't know how long uh -huh. it ran. It might have run into the 80s, mm -hmm. I don't know, but... I assume that's what they were doing, but yeah, it was weird. It was this weird throwback to kind of camp, old school TV. And then, like you say, it's yeah. this monkey's paw 
plot line, Weird which I, I love this kind of Twilight Zone thing of, oh, it's a, a magic stone that grants wishes, but all the wishes come true, ironically. So I, I was completely <laughs> on board with that. I loved it. Yeah, I hate it. I hate but what I didn't like was the way that the rules don't really... Like, some of them are granted ironically, but then some of them are like... You know, Pedro Pascal obviously wishes to become the stone, and we'll get into that as well. But I thought that he was going to grant the wishes ironically, and it would be like, oh, I'd love to be the president. Well, you are the president of Germany, and you're Nazi Germany, and you're in (laughs) the bunker, and now you're going to kill yourself. I thought it was going to be like that. It was only in a semi-way. Like, the wish comes true, but in a a weird hook. There's like a hook to it. But instead, what you did was you go, all right, you're the president, and I'm going to take your kidney as payment. All right? Thanks. And it's... (laughs) I don't know. How does that work? It's, It's... Oh, I don't know. But I, I was still completely on board at this point. I loved it. I was when like, a magic doing it, brilliant. He's like, yeah, making a conscious choice of like, okay, yeah, um, you can have this wish, but I'm taking your life force or whatever. <laughs> but then, but when the stone is granting wishes, it is just like, oh yeah, you can have the man back that you love, but for some reason your powers are slowly going to degrade. Yeah. They're not gone, just like that. We're just going to slowly move them so that you can kind of still fight a bit. That was so badly conveyed that initially I assumed what was happening was that because Barbara, Kristen Wiig, had made a wish to be She'd just like her, taken her, I thought powers, she was yeah. draining her powers. I, but, same, same. Yeah, they never really explained it. <laughs> Well, I mean, listen, when you put your whole life in a limestone rock, it's like, yeah, it's going to blow up in your face. You know what I mean? Like, it was just so... And I agree, the beginning part of Kristen Wiig transforming when it's like, all of a sudden she's getting some male attention and, like, she kind of fixed the dress and I and jumped up on the chair in her heels and I was like, oh, this is all really fun. Mm. Like, I really... I'm excited to see this transformation. And then it's like... You know, spoiler alert, she turns into an animal. And I thought, <laughs> you know, any woman, no cat lady who loves cats would be like, I want to be one of these. So I thought, it, I thought it got out of hand pretty quick. I couldn't believe what I was watching when that happened. I mean, look, in a nutshell, my review of this film is I love the first two thirds and then it completely falls apart for me. That's great. That's a great way to phrase that. And I, I loved everything with her. But I see, I didn't know much about the film going in. I kind of know Wonder Woman. I knew that Kristen Wiig was playing the villain, and I knew she was called Cheetah. I thought she's called Cheetah because she keeps wearing, like, 80s leopard print, you know, skirts and things. <laughs> and then she just turned into a cat. And I didn't I didn't know <laughs> yeah. what to... It just ruined it. But that was so annoying because I've, I've written down what she says. She She's granted a wish by the stone. Then it turns out she gets another wish because now Pedro Pascal has become the stone. And she says... I don't want to be like anyone anymore. So why does she choose to be just like a cat? Like, that's still imitating (laughs) something. And then she says, I want to be an apex predator like nothing there's ever been before. But you are, you're being like a cat. You're not being something new and original. It's just a big cheetah. It's ridiculous. It's a human-cat hybrid thing. Yeah, but I mean, we've seen them before. We've seen cats, you know, and and it looked (laughs) like the cats from Cats. It's like, girl, get a perm and call it a day. You know what I mean? It's like, and she's, it was so, so I also didn't, I didn't know she was in the movie. It seems like none of us really knew anything about it going in, which is, which is a great way to watch a movie. Mm. So when I first saw her, I was surprised because I was like, oh my God, she's going to be the sidekick, like Xena and Gabriel, you know what I mean? Or Gabrielle, sorry. So I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so much fun. Like, I can't wait. And then when she was the villain, I was like, okay. The fact when she came in and before she became the cat and was um, at full power, had thigh high boots and too much eyeliner. I was like, girl, Courtney Love is not the villain here. Yes, she murdered Kurt Cobain, but she is not the villain here. Clean it up, put on some concealer. I don't want to see this. So it was like, it, it got, even within, before she had the transformation, already it was out of hand. And because it wasn't the transfer of power, like we, mm. like what we thought would make sense, then it was even more confusing because I was like, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to defeat this woman because she might have powers same as yours, but it doesn't mean she has the knowledge that you have. And she, you know what I mean? Because it's like, she didn't ask for that. She asked for physical power. Plus, you know, Gal, Gal Gadot has been training for years on the yeah. island. Like, they're the best training you could have. You know, it's not exactly. just a physical skill. 
Exactly. So it's like the mind, like with the um, obstacle course they're doing at the beginning and with the Amazons, right? It's like that required so much brain power. And like Wonder Woman as a little girl being like, I'm going to slide through here and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm like, yes, yeah, she's tricky. Where was any of the trickiness? Like, where was that? She she should know better. Well, she got told off when she was six for cheating. <laughs> yeah. And she wasn't allowed to <laughs> win. So she, that's when she learned never cheat, just fight. <laughs> You're up. right. No, you know what? You're absolutely right. The trickery got her in a, a huge scolding. So you are right. I withdraw my statement. <laughs> the trickery got her in trouble. I agree. I liked Kristen Wiig. I thought her character of kind of nervous, nerdy woman. I was like, this is fun. She's really great at this. She's very. She offered some fun comic relief just by yeah. being like so enamored with Gal Gadot. I thought that was all really great. And then it felt very forced the transformation at the end. It felt yeah. very like, okay, how do we turn her <laughs> into a creature? And I was like, this just got, it just felt forced. It didn't feel natural. And That's all. And, you know, the way that Wonder Woman ultimately defeats her is she electrocutes her, but Wonder Woman can withstand electricity, which isn't something we've ever established, I don't think. So, but that's not that's not true because when you watch the first one, Ares like blasts her with <laughs> electric stuff, and she gets blown away. She she like not blow up, but gets you know thrown back into the stones yeah. and into the site and everything like that. So it's like she is affected by electricity. <laughs> yeah, but also in this film, at one point we see her swinging from electric bolts <laughs> as if they're tree branches. So there's no. <laughs> You are Electricity right. <laughs> is whatever you want it to be in this world. It can be anything. <laughs> you are absolutely right. That absolutely happened. I forgot. And uh, yes, so I, you know what? Once again, guys, I withdraw my statement about the electricity. <laughs> you, you, this podcast is going to be 10 minutes by the time you edit all this garbage out. <laughs> so then we, we were introduced to Pedro Pascal, who plays a kind of oil tycoon but a kind of desperate greasy kind of guy he's all a bit can can i ask who was it that told hollywood pedro pascal is a great actor well I, like, what, know, what's I, going on there because he's a tv actor isn't he and, and a solid tv actor i was wondering well, not, where he came not from lead in a superhero film type well actor. i don't know i i but felt kristen wiggs also not a villain yeah, yeah. kristen wiggs also not a villain it was like they kind of because i agree fabulous tv actor and kristen wiggs a great movie actor she's but not villainous um but i agree when when i saw him i was shocked i was like really this is who we went with I think that's the point with Kristen Vig, though, isn't it? That you think, oh, she's going to be the sidekick, the friend, and then mm. there's the turn, and it's like, oh, my yeah. God, I wasn't expecting it. So uh, that's probably deliberate. But yeah, Pedro Pascal, he's fine. I've never but got that, He's never going to be more before, than that. But I really enjoyed him in this. I thought he brought so much energy, and you know, he kept doing his hair, and he just, he, he just seemed really legitimately desperate. <laughs> like, I character. loved him in the beginning. I'll I'll toss him into your first two thirds. Yeah. But then by the end, I thought there's a lot of wind here. <laughs> We're dealing with too many fans. There's papers flying everywhere. You know, get it together, man. You're just you're, and you're doing this for your son who you don't talk to. I'm like, I, it was the acting. He was like, make And I was like, this is like hocus pocus. This is Bette Midler on unplugged. Like I I don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, to be fair to Pedro Pascal, is there a good way of doing that? <laughs> of handling that situation? <laughs> no, Nicolas Cage would find a way, but very few actors oh, are Nicolas Cage, I suppose. He, um, oh, God, it, there's nothing he can't do. Yeah, It has to be said, though. So he, he finds this magic stone. He's been hunting down this magic stone at Grout's Wishes. And instead of wishing for, you know, a thousand more wishes or to get magical powers or to be a god or whatever he wishes that he himself is the stone which is just a really bizarre thing to and, do and, and weirdly never worded. phrase it that vaguely <laughs> when you're dealing <laughs> yeah. with a monkey's paw it's like and, and he's gonna the, turn into a stone that's you'd think the waiting. stone would just literally turn him into like a statue or something and that'd be yeah. the ironic that's what i thought and uh, like it, when you're asking to become a stone you're basically being like i'd like to be a cobblestone sidewalk like that <laughs> it could be any stone i i thought that was madness yeah it was just it was such a weird thing but then he gets to run around granting people's wishes and he he words it in such a way that they have to touch him and make a wish for it to work 
so he can't make his own wishes. It's it's very weird, but I was still completely on board at this point. I mean, I, I love your old Twilight Zone episodes and things so much, and it did just make me think of, oh, this is like watching an old Rod Serling Night Gallery episode or something with superheroes. Okay, I'm on board with that. Um, <laughs> and then we, we kind of get... So yeah, tr- Steve Trevor turns up in this guy's body, and we kind of get a fish-out-of-water comedy for a bit with him going to a museum and an art gallery. And I didn't get that Wonder Woman had wished, oh, I wish Steve Trevor was back. Oh, didn't you? Did she actually say that? No, she she holds the stone and looks very longingly and the music Yeah, and then the clock starts turning Mm. and you're like, here we go. Uh, Okay, because as far as I'm concerned, he just turned up and then it was sort of later we established, oh, that was her wish. So Mm. that was kind of, I I kind of Alan, get real. It's her only wish, okay? (laughs) You should have seen it coming. (laughs) It's the only thing she cares about. She's a woman. She needs a man. Don't you understand? But then I didn't have it. It was just like, oh, he's quantum leaped into this guy's body. And then we were given no explanation for that. Why that guy? What, what What's happened to that guy? Is he is he off in a little room with Al explaining to him that he has well, to she, sit there? Wasn't he the guy in the cab that offered to share and she already had seen him and they had that moment? I thought that was uh, him. Possibly. Because that would make sense where it was like kind of a bit of a thing. Then I was like, okay, that would make sense that it was him and then it would be like Chris Pine being like, what about this guy um, whose body I'm in to date? And then she's kind of like, now she sees him in a different light. That, I could be wrong, but that would be, would be the only thing that would make a little bit of sense is that it was like people are right in front of her eyes. She doesn't notice them. Now she's starting to notice them. Mm. Uh, yeah, that would explain why there's a scene where the guy goes, oh, we can share if you want. And so, no, see, no thanks. See, I just thought that was that supposed totally to pointless. show that she's <laughs> shutting herself off from the rest of the world and, you know, not willing to engage with anyone but Maybe. yeah i mean i like that i think that would, would work um i i really liked all this i like the idea that chris pine was just stealing someone's life and <laughs> they were kind of all right with it and i like that because it meant that you know she is making the sacrifice she's giving up on on ethics and her moral compass and all that because she's so into this guy and as annoyed as I was with that, it was like, okay, I like that she's clearly got this kind of pull towards doing something bad. And and I, I thought in general, the whole, you know, you've got this wish and you have to give it up, but obviously that means a huge deal to you. I thought all of that was handled really nicely with her and Kristen Wiig's character, and I suppose Pedro Pascal. Oh, I think um, the whole Steve Trevor in another man's body thing, mm. it was a missed opportunity for comedy because in Quantum Leap, yeah. Whenever Sam jumps into someone else's body, like the the funny bit is when he looks in the mirror and it's a woman or it's like a kid with Down syndrome or something like that. Having it just be a handsome man is no fun at all. Like you want, I mean, like you want I don't be... know if you miss the fashion montage. <laughs> I believe they had a blast. <laughs> the the fashion montage that lasted some people are saying 25 to 30 minutes <laughs> but she she was really into the guy's clothes you know it was chris pine who didn't it. like them so yeah yeah didn't he have a bit of a belly on him or did i imagine that i thought that was kind of what they gave him to to show that he was maybe i just imagined that well he turns up at the end doesn't he looking sexy with yeah true, trousers true. On, uh, yeah and he and he kept picking that fanny pack he was like <laughs> i found my thing this will be my thing <laughs> i am a fanny pack man now <laughs> i loved it i i agree with you though alan about um it would have been fun if it was like um a woman because then it's like when people would see Gal Gadot out with this woman, then it's like she's replaced Kristen Wiig. Like, now she has this new friend, mm. and Kristen Wiig could be like, there could have been something there, right? Because Kristen yeah. was like, remember, she was like, you want to get dinner with me? <laughs> like, she was so excited. So there could have been there could have been something like that, too, which kind of would have been a little bit yeah. uh, fun or added a little bit more drama or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, people no, think she's a lesbian, and then that's the guys are like, "Oh, that's why she's not into me." And everyone's like, "Get over yourself." <laughs> Could have been that. I don't know. It's the but 80s. yeah, good looking we guy. We weren't ready for lesbians in the eighties. It was it was too soon. Oh right, I I keep forgetting it was nineteen eighty four. My God, I mean, might as well admit it. Yesterday, what's the diff? <laughs> um. So Steve, like I say, kind of goes around looking at all the 
modern aeroplanes and things, and he's really getting into that because yeah. he's a he's a flyboy. And it's basically a really contrived means of getting the invisible plane that I understand Wonder Woman had in the old TV show and I think the comics into the movie where yeah. they steal an aeroplane from the is it the Smithsonian and then yeah. she has to use magic powers to make it invisible. But then yeah, they they he picks a plane that he likes the look of. He knows how to fly that, no problem. I, I it was can't, made fully fueled after he was born, <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah, it's fully fueled and for some reason even though it's a tiny plane, we'll get him to Egypt, no problem. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it hasn't got enough fuel in it for that, but there you go. I don't yeah, know it's like for the- that planes. The guy's mind was blown by a fanny pack, but he wasn't uh, in any way discouraged by a plane. He was like, this I can do. But, <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. But this is an important scene because she says something to the effect of, wow, flying, the one thing I can't do. And he goes, oh, yeah. come on, mate, flying, it's easy. All you got to do is like <laughs> feel where the air's going. Anyone can do that. And then, of course... About two hours into the film, Wonder Woman does a really big jump and just flies. I mean, this is a this is a bad message for the children watching the movie. This is how you're going to break some necks. You know what I mean? Uh, guess what? For the listeners out there, I'm going to go ahead and uh, play a bit of a pessimistic patty. You can't fly. Uh, I don't care if you believe in yourself. Don't. You cannot fly. And, I mean, that really, I hated that. I mean, that was the defining point when I sort of turned on the film, when she jumped in the air and started flying, because she's there reaching, putting her arms out, kind of getting a sense for where the wind's going, but she doesn't look like she's gliding. Obviously, you couldn't glide in a gust like that. I get that she's a god, but maybe if there yeah, was a scene need, where She they, hasn't even got a little wingsuit on. Yeah, if there was a scene isn't. at the start where they were like, all us Amazonians have, you know, secret powers that we're still discovering, mm-hmm. or or talents, maybe you'll have a talent you'll find one day that none of us can... If there was something like that. But no, she's just like, oh, but right, like, I've studied a hun- a hundred how the airplane years? flies. A mm, hundred years and she never took a leap? A hundred years and she <laughs> yeah. wasn't like, I wonder if I can do this. She can ju- and. And another thing, um, she when she was the kid, she ran and jumped off of the cliff. Remember, or there was that like running moment when she like runs and jumps. Oh no, no, no! It's when she's older into the water to go save him. This is in the first one, right? Mm. So I was like, how did you not gain flight (laughs) then? Like, is this really about self esteem? I do a podcast about self esteem. Again, this just in: you cannot fly. It's like I don't care if you feel good about yourself. (laughs) I I I don't care. I, I initially I thought right so she's not flying she's kind of propelling herself she's lassoing a plane and and kind of a pulling herself with the whip and a bit of lightning whatever okay maybe I can go with that but by the end of it she was just flying I think I don't think she was bothering to <laughs> propel herself with anything she was just so yeah anyway um so she's in the plane with Steve Trevor they are going to uh, find another royal tycoon that Pedro Pascal's gone to steal all the oil from. But she, she, she also just talking about the invisible plane oh, yeah. for a, for a second. She makes it invisible by touching it and concentrating really hard. But she also says, "Oh, I've never done this before. Give it a go." Uh, no, she did it on a mug just, once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That that that's it. That's all we've got. Yeah, invisible plane. That's fine. I didn't mind that so much because it is that is a big part of Wonder Woman's mythology, I think, for whatever reason, that invisible plane. And it's, you know, it's something that you could probably leave out of the movies. But given it was just that one little scene, I thought, okay, they're just playing, they're paying lip service to the fans who have to see yeah. an invisible plane in the film. Uh, okay. But I mean, they the mantra of the film is WW1984, give it a whirl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything was about just give it a whirl, give it a try here. Why not? <laughs> And she ends up chasing Pedro Pascal uh, down a kind of desert roadway. Uh, There's a load of tanks and things, and it's this big action scene. I think it's the first action scene in the film since the opening, pretty much, about 45 minutes in. And I loved it, basically. It's it's full-on so ridiculously dumb, it must be a bit of a joke on some level, but I like that. It reminded me of, like, Army of Darkness and... These other, you know, comedy action movies where, I mean, she she lassoes a missile. Steve Trevor shoots a missile, she lassoes it, and then rides the missile to the tank or whatever they're chasing, and then jumps off before it blows up. That's amazing. I thought it was incredible. (laughs) 
no, well, just I, <laughs> I, I like things that yeah, are so it's stupid. Yeah, just nonsense, like, really. But, um, but then also, that scene ends because she saves some children who mm. are randomly playing in the middle of the major road. And I was just thinking, like, oh, we've got to see her save the children. Were we unsure who the good guy was at this point? <laughs> like, she need to save the cat? I mean, I, un- I understand what you're saying, but because we haven't had a fight scene in the 45 minutes, and the opening scene wasn't a fight scene. It was like a demonstration of strength. Mm. It's like, yes, we need to remind everybody that this is how these fights go. There's going to be the good guy, the bad guy, and then the innocent bystanders in this. And I, listen, so I'm the same as you. I like the fights. I'm all about a fight scene. Even though I might not agree with the personal plot happening, I love a fight. I love the action. Again, because this is the opportunity where my character will be killed off. The innocent bystander, (laughs) dead. (laughs) So for me, I'm thinking, I could have been right in here. I could have died right here. This could have been me. You could have been my eight-year-old Egyptian child. (laughs) I could have been the eight-year-old Egyptian child. This could have easily been me. I mean, she she lassoes a bullet out of the air that's about to hit Steve Trevor in the face, and <laughs> I'm I'm I. Whenever I watch something like that, I do think, is this a joke? Because <laughs> I'm completely on board with it, but I kind of want to know it's supposed to be funny, and and I guess I didn't really know how this was being pitched here, but but I don't know. But I, that I, was a lot. That was a lot of this movie. Like, yeah, yeah. Did you guys ever see Thor? Are you guys? Mm. Um, yeah. as well. So I, I think it was Ragnarok was the name of the third one, right? Yeah. They said yeah, it starts yeah. off very funny. They set the precedent. This is going to be a funny movie. He's going to be funny. And they maintain that the entire time. Yeah. This movie, like you said, started off very ham and you're like, oh, this is going to be like one, a funny, a light, whatever. And then it switches. <laughs> so then you're like, you're still wondering like, is it mm. like Chris and Wig at the end? You're like, is this a joke? But you're like, oh no, this is serious. <laughs> like, this is not a joke. So it was very confusing. There was moments as well where I was like, oh, this is, you know, going to be a bit of a nod to the camera type thing. But mm. that's not what was happening. But I thought it was going to happen in the setup. I, I suppose as well, if you're making a kind of silly, you know, like an homage to something you like, and it's just a bit of fun, the film probably shouldn't be two and a half hours long. Like oh, that should yes. be, <laughs> that should be a big, big epic. Like I get it if the Avengers or even Batman v Superman is two and a half hours long because they've got a lot of stuff to deal with. But you're just making a standalone superhero film. I don't know. It should be like a nice, you know, easy watch. Not a. It's not an epic, or at least it shouldn't be. It's what Lord of the Rings did with The Hobbit. Yeah. The Lord of the Rings needed to be that long. It was a lot to take in. And then The Hobbit, they're like, we're going to make this the exact same amount of time. And you're like, no, 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 no. That wasn't necessary. <laughs> I I did not ask for this. <laughs> like, So it's, it's about this point they track down, like, uh, how do they do this? They, they find, like, an old shaman's great-great-grandson who happens to have, like, a magic book of exposition that tells them what's happening. I agree with you. It was so... I, I don't know the word convenient or mm. I don't know. You're just like, wait, what? Like there was lots of moments where I was like, how did we get here? Did I fall asleep? <laughs> like there was moments I couldn't connect how we got point A to point B. I think this was one of them. But then this guy <laughs> never turns up again. That was the weird thing. When they added him in, I thought, oh, new sidekick. He's going to follow them around. And then he vanishes again. Yeah, just there. Here's a bit of information. Bye. But at least then they know what they're dealing with. They figure it out right this is a wish, that's a wish, this guy's making wishes, he's the wish stone, we have to give up our wishes, okay. And then they basically go to the White House because Pedro Pascal's gone to make a deal with the president where he becomes the president, essentially, in in return for getting a nosebleed or something. Um, (laughs) But then we get an action scene in the White House, and again, I loved this, I thought it was great, you know, she's flying around with a whip and they're shooting and Steve's there trying to, you know, get stuck in with a dinner tray because he's not got any powers and kind of just supporting her with a whip. And I I loved all that. I thought it was absolutely great. But I also thought at this point, oh, this is the end of the film. They're going to confront him. Kristen Wiig's going to turn up. They're going to have a big fight in the White House. Get to go home happy. Great. One hour 50. Brilliant. Great film. 
But then Pedro Pascal escapes with Kristen Wiig, who's now kind of being his bodyguard, essentially, because she wants to keep the magic of the wish. And the film just keeps going. And they run out into the streets, it's chaos. Um, Everyone in the world's making wishes that mean that they have, like, loads of cows, because they wanted to own a farm one day. (laughs) Stuff like that that's apparently causing uh, chaos. There's a big emotion. Yeah, that was my wish. wish. I went... I want limitless hamburgers, and it came in the form of cows. <laughs> that was my wish, and I apologize for that. That was me. Um, then she says goodbye to Steve and recants her wish, which is apparently something you can do. You just have to say, "I was it? I I rescind my wish. I renounce my wish," and that undoes the wish. Which we've never. I don't think that's introduced as part of the rules at any point. They just kind of assume it works, but it does work. Because I, you know, whenever you watch the Twilight Zone or any other version of the classic monkey's paw thing. I don't know if you can just take your wish back the second it stops. <laughs> I think you have to use the last wish on that, don't you? Saying like, oh, yeah, I wish I never say, found yeah, this monkey's paw. goes back to normal, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I will say I quite like the moment, though. They kind of have a, a nice emotional yeah, goodbye, yeah. and he's like, I'm already gone, and she walks away. I, I, I liked I, it. I, really I liked that they didn't it. have yeah. to. They didn't have to hammer it home. He didn't have to die a hero's death or anything like that again. Um, it was just she just had to let him go. But it was the same way he came in. It was that smooth. Yeah. It was that like where it was like she she doesn't even say it, and then it's like all of a sudden he's here, and it was the same way where it's like she relinquishes the wish, and then it's also a, a very graceful goodbye, like it was as an entrance. It the entrance wasn't a huge to do, you yeah. know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like it was it would make sense that it was the same with the exit, and it is such a personal thing to like let go of somebody. Mm. Um, you wouldn't stand up on a chair and be like, I'm letting go of my ex. Like, I mean, maybe Saul would. I don't know what the situation... Again, the breakup, I don't know what the situation is. I just know it's still very raw. (laughs) I really like that because I'm like, that's real. You can have Mm. that real moment with yourself of saying goodbye to somebody. It's the dramatic effects that they had that drove me nuts. But the moment itself, I like that too. I, I, yeah, I, I loved it for all those reasons, and it just, like you say, it felt like a really, I actually found it quite a powerful sequence emotionally, you know, more than I generally do in these kinds of films. Um, I really bought into the romance again, and it just ma- it made me wish that this film was set in, like, 1921, and, you know, she still was a bit raw about Steve Trevor, and then this was perhaps maybe how she says goodbye to that part of her life and does move on or something like that because there isn't any reason for it to be 1984 i think other than it can't be modern day and they can't have mobile phones and things yet because she's still meant to be secret i think wonder woman at this point isn't she um yeah so if this had been the end of the movie if if it kind of ended with her giving up steve and that was the end I would have loved it. But it's this point where she then jumps into the sky, teaches herself to fly mid-flight, kind of. Like, she's learning how to do it. And she goes to track down Pedro Pascal, who's, like, broadcasting from some kind of emergency bunker to the world now. He's to every TV in the world, apparently. And computers as well. Yes. Yeah. It's Uh, like, (laughs) I've spent my whole life trying to get on TV. Sorry, my man, it's not that easy. Where was the audition process? You know what I mean? I wish all you want, my friend. Believe me, I am too. It's like, forget it. It is easy. It's It's only wind and air. Like, it's that simple in this film. Like, you just, you, you Plus will we've, it. We've and established. Happen, we've established that he has to touch the person for it yeah. to work. So then the president says, oh, you know, it just sends particles down. He's like, wait a minute, did you say particles? Did you mean actual physically touch things? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's it. That's enough explanation. That's all we need. Thanks. Doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. No. And she goes, she has a fight with big cat Kristen Wiig. Uh, oh, she puts on a fancy gold armor, which is nice. And then she, yeah, she goes into this bunker where they're broadcasting, and it just—I I didn't know what was happening because you know he's broadcasting to everyone. He's—he can seemingly see people at random. He's got this weird kind of like granted, but I'll take this granted, but I'll take that going on. But he's just talking to a camera, like he can't see what's going on. Then Wonder Woman gives him a speech, but she's got his leg with the lasso of truth, and that means that the camera has started broadcasting just gold. But that's this is the camera she's already smashed into the ground, so... 
And <laughs> and that means that everyone next to a screen knows everything that's happened. Is that right? It's they they're given the truth. I, I don't know. Who knows what the hell any of it meant? Because I think yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. at at this point in the film, I was busy updating my resume because I thought, well, if we're gonna get on TV. I gotta make sure this thing's up to date because uh, he seems to be crushing this. So <laughs> I don't understand how they would hear her through his leg. I don't get yeah. it. The, the whole thing at the end, it reeked of a <laughs> Like, film. it's his leg talking. <laughs> I don't understand. It, it reeked to me of a film that had had serious problems in post-production and they'd had to kind of re-edit a slightly different ending to what they were planning. And maybe they wanted to go out and do reshoots, but they couldn't because of coronavirus or whatever. It, the whole thing just felt so weirdly shot and edited and... Like, there's a scene with Pedro Pascal's son running through the streets, and he can see him, but there's no TV screens around there. Like, I can buy you can somehow see out of the screens into the streets where they're coming out of, you know, Times Square, where they're on the huge screens looking down, but how's he got a direct line of communication to his kid who's hiding in a bush out in the you know, middle of nowhere. It was baffling, and I, I didn't know what was going on. But at, in the end, <laughs> she saves the day. Some nuclear <laughs> missiles get launched at one point, that apparently yeah, I think they all so, blow up yeah. in the sky or something, I think. Well, fine. they evaporate when you take back your wish. Yeah. Or whatever. That guy wishes his wife would drop dead. Apparently she's now just going to, you know, spring back to life having been dead for 20 that, minutes. That's the other thing. There would have been and should have been more dead people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, in all honesty, it's like we've all got a bit of a hit list. And then even if not, there's all these car accidents and all this stuff happening, and I'm not seeing any blood in the streets. Mm. I'm like, please, dude. You think the first thing, I get a wish, you think the first thing I'm not going to do is drop some bodies? Get real. (laughs) (laughs) You better get real, both of you. (laughs) Hear me. Hear me when I say it. Bodies will drop. Um so yeah, there's a whole subplot with Pes- uh, Pedro Pascal's son as well. He's got this kid who he seems to be driven by a desire to impress his son by becoming a big shot, but he's still doing the whole distant dad who hasn't got any time to spend with his son thing. And then at the end of the film, he runs to his son and gives him a, a hug and everything's happy because his son says, oh, good thing I used that wish for for you to spend time with me. And he's like, this ain't the wish, son this is all me, and it's like a big triumphant moment of, oh, he's learned his lesson. He's, he's, you know, he's caused untold amounts of chaos and carnage around the world, but he's learned his lesson now, he's going to be a good dad, so everything's fine. It was really weird, his whole desire to be a bigwig to impress the son, because the son was never impressed. Like, right from the beginning, the son was just happy to be there with the dad. Like, the son was never like, oh, is this it? Like, he never had a moment like that. So I'm like, I don't know where, like, if it if the son was older, say, like, 15, 16, and was like, dad, you're a loser. Or like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you know what I mean? Like, a bit more of an attitude and tuned in to kind of, what the world is and how the world works in hierarchy yeah. maybe i'd buy it but he's too young to know hierarchy like this kid is is at the same level of his dad like this kid thinks he's equals with everybody he's the wonder woman child of our of our time who thinks that <laughs> everyone's the same not realizing that he is a dud I, you know what i mean <laughs> i mean the other thing is when we meet Pedro Pascal at the start, I know he's, you know, he's he's running out of money and is, you know, he's having troubles, but it, it's like we're meant to think, oh, what a loser. He's only got this huge building to himself and, you know, not many staff. He's only got one assistant working for him on the reception. I was like, if I had my own office in a building like this and a receptionist, I'd be like, I've arrived. I'm, I'm a huge big <laughs> shot. I'd show that off to my kid. I wouldn't worry if all the knickknacks were covered in dust and, oh, my business is mm-hmm, hemorrhaging mm-hmm. money. You know, all businessmen are losing money, aren't they? I thought that was the thing. I thought it doesn't matter how much money you make, does it, in these day, this day and age? I thought that was in, Trump's in a, whole thing was you yeah, don't actually Trump, have to make any post-Trump money. Post-Trump era. Yeah. You don't actually have to yeah. make money to be a billionaire. It's, yeah. not, it's not the important part. <laughs> But yeah, his hair must have been a Trump thing, right? The way he kept doing all this with his hair every every. It was it was really distracting. <laughs> it, it, I did I noticed it as well, and I thought it was I thought it was like going to pay off at some point, but like it didn't. It just was a thing. 
Was that an 80s haircut? Is that what he's doing? It's just a, <laughs> another bit of texture. No, come if If it was to justify that, he would have to have the zhuzh like, okay, for example, did you guys watch Full House growing up? I, I didn't nah, know. We, we never had that over here. Okay, grow up. So whatever, in Full House, DJ Tanner has the bangs, the like bird nest bangs. That's what you would judge when you had like a vault volume. That That's what you would judge, like fluff up. So his hair didn't make sense. You have that haircut so it stays in place. That's why it didn't make sense. Look, uh, we're on a bit of a tangent, but I, I just want the listeners to know I'm not wrong. <laughs> I just need them to know that. It was odd, like the whole thing where he was, he, it, every time he granted a wish, it like hurt him and then his eyes were bleeding and things. But then that but wasn't then even that a problem. kind of came to nothing. Yeah, they the went, you're, you're damaging yourself, it's taking it out of you. And he went, well, I'll just take other people's like body organs whenever they grant a wish and put myself back together. I'll take their health, it'll be fine. And it was fine. That's all he had to do yeah. was keep recharging himself with other people's health and mm-hmm. happiness. It, yeah, it, the whole thing was very messy and weird. An incredible mess of a film. Um, but as I say, I loved the first two thirds, and I guess I was just in a really good mood, because I still came away thinking, you know what, this is probably my favourite DC Universe movie of the lot to date. Um, which isn't a hugely high bar. Uh, I guess there's the first Wonder Woman and for me, on a personal level, I probably would take this one over that, just because it had so many weird little things that I'm really into, like a monkey's paw story, weird '80s aesthetic. I did, I did like that they kept referring to it in film as a monkey's paw story, <laughs> like yeah. as if that's just like that's the that's the accepted term, yeah. for wishes being granted. Ironic a monkey, wishes, a monkey's paw story. Yeah. yeah, they could have at least made it a monkey's paw, and then we yeah. could have all been on board. I yeah, I wouldn't have minded that. Yeah. Pedro Pascal could have said, I wish I was the monkey's paw, and then become a monstrosity ape man, like the cheetah cat yeah. that Christopher Or even just his hand. Yeah, <laughs> even just at least one hand. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, clearly I'm, I'm kind of positive in a way that I can't really justify because this film is a state. I still had a real good time with it. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, which I think is massively more than either of you are going to give it. Uh, do you want to rate it out of 10, guys? <laughs> Alan, Alan, you go first. Okay, yeah. Um, th- it, it, there was bits that were watchable. It was all a bit too long. And uh, mm. I felt like tonally it didn't know what the hell it was doing. <laughs> it was it was all over the place. So, like, I had liked some of the comedy bits. But, like, give me a comedy film then. That's mm. fine. Although that wouldn't fit with the first film either. So I wouldn't have liked that. So, yeah, ultimately... Um, a complete sort of misfire. I gave it a five out of ten, um, which is kind of like, yeah, yeah, the action bit was fine. Yeah, this bit was fine. So kind of. It's very generous for you. You normally, you yeah, know, come I was hard with generous. Things. I guess. Did you notice, Sol, that Pedro Pascal's driver? <laughs> did you see? Did you spot him? No. He has one line, but it was Stevie the bookie from Still Game. Oh, God. Right, <laughs> who was okay. who like a handful of credits like Still Game and Rabsy Nesbitt and stuff so how he was ended up in this film I don't know but so, it, sorry Alana Still still Game is there's no way that that show is permeated anywhere outside of the UK yeah, yeah so. I have no, I have no <laughs> it's idea a, it's the full house of our time yeah. Yeah. Exactly. it's an it's incredibly an Scottish <laughs> sitcom where they pretty much oh, don't okay. even speak English they, they speak in Scots which uh, I think is technically classified as its own language isn't it <laughs> It's it's something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was my uh, favorite bit. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> okay, I'm going with a five, and here's why: three points are just the opening, right yeah. out of the game. <laughs> okay. yeah. I, lo- I love the opening. I I thought that was going to be the movie. I was so excited, and then it wasn't. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, Chris and Wig gets a point. The beginning yeah. part of her up until you know. Uh, high boots or whatever, thigh high boots (laughs) and eyeliner. So up until then. And then the fifth is going to be the return of Chris Pine in the sense that I really like him. I think he's a fun actor. I like the things that he does. And it was fun to have him back. I didn't like the repercussions Mm. of it and what it caused, but it was fun to have him back. I just wish it was in a slightly different way and didn't cause so much pain. But I guess that's the whole point why you got to, you know, say goodbye to people and leave it at that so that'll be my five the five missing points are logic (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh only 
only not not quite decided if it is a comedy or not. Mm. So the in between, I had a problem with Cat Lady. Mm Going to be the third one. The yelling at the end with Pedro being like, I am a witch. I had a big problem with that. And then the fifth, uh, the fifth missing point is when the boy runs out of the bushes and finds the dad immediately. I'm sorry. You put a kid, you put a kid in a force. He's as good as dead. And that's the end of that. So there you go. It's a five for me. Not just that, but he he doesn't strike you as a very capable child for whatever reason. I don't know. He's, he's, uh, he he's... he might be one of the dumbest kids I've ever met. He's in an empty office with only one woman working there, and he's like, "My dad's the best." <laughs> like, no, dude, no. I, that, it's a really good point, actually. That um, one of the few things I knew going in was Chris Pine was back for this film, and obviously he dies at the end of the first film. So when I heard that, I thought okay, that's going to be really cheap and undermine the yeah, first film. And thing, that can't, can't work, surely. If it's if he's properly back, it's not just a flashback or whatever. And I thought, actually, no, if anything, it kind of enhanced what we got from him in the first film. And, and I, yes. I, I think they actually found a really nice way to have their cake and eat it too and bring him back, give us that dynamic between the characters, but not in a cheap way. So no, you're completely right. It's a good point. But we, we have seen, have we not? We've seen Wonder Woman in a kind of modern day setting in the other DC films. Briefly. Is she still pining over uh, she, she does, Trevor at that point? She does say something to Batman like, I knew a great pilot once. And you kind of go, oh, okay, we know. And then, you know, oh, I, I had a great love once. And every time you're like, okay, we get it. We know. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, this, this chick's got to get on some more planes. There's a lot of good pilots out there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, did I, did I tell you, Saul, that I was in this film? You what? No, why? I was How in have you the waited film. till an no, hour you didn't, into our... Because you couldn't see me uh, no. in, my, in, my, in my fantastic role as passerby at Christmas fair. Uh, the, so at the very end where she yes. sees the Steve Trevor guy. Um, and it's like a Christmas fair. We're supposed to say, oh, a few months have passed. It goes a bit love, actually. She She's looking around. She's like, hmm, you know what? The world is actually really good and great. And I love and it's people. Christmas, oh. And it's snowing. And <laughs> everyone's happy and brilliant. Yeah. Well, I got two days work out of that, which is nice. Uh, and that was filmed in London somewhere where they made up a Christmas fair. But I was nowhere near the cameras. I kept pretty well away from everything. So Oh, I'm uh, changing I... my score to a four. Not enough balance. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm changing my score. I'm at a four now. Sorry. Very I didn't even know that was an option. Yep, I didn't even I did, know. I did keep an eye out for myself. The beauty of that, though, was they had reindeers there, like actual reindeer, uh, as part of the Christmas Are thing. they in the film? So, I don't think you see them, but when <laughs> we went and we got to go and, like, touch the reindeer and things, it was cool. <laughs> And they had they had one of those sweet stalls, you know, you just shovel sweets in like yeah. pick and mix, and they pretty much just said like, "Oh yeah, we're in character in this scene. We're te- we're getting pick and mix," and so we were just getting <laughs> loads of. Pick and mix. Did you get given a new bag every take as well? Because they had to keep doing it. We were just swapping round all over the place. We weren't doing what we were supposed to all, but we were we were so far away from anything. Yeah, no we were wonder doing. why you got cut. <laughs> Everyone was like, "These guys are out of control. We got to shoot around them. This is a mess." Nobody cared what we were doing. We were too far away from the action, so we were getting away with it. Wow. So, but yeah, I did keep an eye. No accountability I, I on these films. <laughs> Right, so I mean, I think that's everything about the film, unless either of you have got any anything else to say. No, that's it. We pulled yeah. it apart. I said my piece. Do we have any desire or, or wishes as to what we'll see in the inevitable Wonder Woman three? I think they've, I think Amazon. they've announced it's happening now with Patty Jenkins back. Yeah, Amazon. More a full, Amazons. a full on Amazon. I want movie. full Amazon. People can invade, like what happened in the first one. Like I'm fine by that. Um, but I want Amazon, or the Amazon people can go somewhere. But I, I want Amazon. That's what I want. I want the group. Oh, that would be good actually. If it was like Wonder yeah. Woman has to go home and take what she's yes, learned. Yes, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I oh, would, I would love I that. I would like that. Yeah. actually. I would really. Yeah, like that. I really would. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. that's if they do that now, then we we all get a cut. That's how it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Lord knows, Alan's going to have a couple of roles in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in the background, getting fed. Beautiful, beautiful long wig. <laughs> they never could show his face. They're like, what? That Amazon kind of looks a little weird. 
Um, all right. Yeah. So thanks so much, Alana, for for doing this and joining yes, us and you. having thank a chat. Joining. It's been it's been really cool. Um, is there anything uh, you want to plug while you're here? Yeah, I um I briefly mentioned it earlier. I have my own podcast. It's called The Self-Esteem Party. And we're at Self-Esteem Party on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to find us, we have episodes every Tuesday. And it's just, um you know, talking about how we're feeling, what's going on. And uh, sure, we if you want to review a movie in there, you can review a movie. It's the kind of podcast you can do whatever you want. And it's where I let people know, ultimately, they will never be able to fly. So uh, <laughs> do, do check us out. And I will condone that that that's a good podcast and it is well worth uh, checking out. Normally, <laughs> oh, I just stay quiet you. when I want to, you know, not say anything. If I don't like stuff, I just go very quiet. But with uh, <laughs> self-esteem party, do check it out. It's great. Oh, can I you. can I check though? Uh, obviously, you you don't teach people how to fly, but you do teach them how to bring their dead boyfriends back to life. <laughs> yeah, basically, if it's about love and you, they died, so you got dumped, I tell them to bring the boyfriend back so you can dump him and you get, relinquish him, and he goes. Now he's the one who has been dumped. <laughs> yes, I do this. This is kind of an every week thing. So yes. <laughs> So it's a bit of a weird name for a show, really, when that is the focus, bringing back the dead. Yeah, nobody, and here's the thing, nobody said it was a good title. Nobody ever said that. I didn't say that. I didn't say it was accurate. Uh, no, thanks so much for having me, guys. This was such a blast. I, I love stuff like this. I could good, rip good. movies all day, so please. <laughs> you ever need a guest back on and you ever need to rip something yeah. down a couple pegs, I'll be there. Oh, amazing. Well, yeah, thanks again so much. And, and thanks for choosing this film as well, because... You know, we're we're a bit of a loose end with picking films at the minute because there's nothing new coming out. And when you said that, exactly. I was like, oh yeah, Wonder Woman has come out and it's really weird. Let's talk about Wonder Woman. Yeah, I knew yeah. right away. I mm. knew that was what I wanted to talk about right away. Yeah. All right. So yeah, thanks uh, ever so much. And thanks everyone for listening. Valentine's Day special next week. Come back for that, guys. Wow, that was a good episode, wasn't it? You know what I'd do if I'd just listened to that? I'd go and rate and review us on iTunes because I just love the podcast so much. And of course, check out our social medias at Dim Returns Pod, Twitter and, and Instagram. Go and have a look, have a follow, get in touch with us, all that shit. And we shall see you next week.